Hey guys, uh, it is Thursday, uh, July 2nd, 2020, and uh, I did this last week and I'm doing it again this week. I'm just doing a quick check-in with you guys, uh, super stripped-down version of the show, uh, very basic. As you can tell, there's no ad reads, there's no music for this. It's really, every once in a while, I feel like just checking in with you guys. Um, and seeing what's going on and talking about stuff that we're putting out, talking about new stuff that is going up on our YouTube channel Um, and also just chatting about the week because if you haven't figured it out yet, what we try to do with the show is we try to record the episodes well in advance and then (laughs) it's this constant back and forth with me and Liam on what episode gets released, when it's all about the right time for an episode to come out Uh, So oftentimes I'm talking about stuff like two weeks behind just because of the nature of the release. So I thought that it might be cool to just jump on here and just do a little quickie, have a little quickie with you guys. Um, And guys, this is the latest, it just occurred to me, this is the latest at night that I've recorded an episode. Right now it is 1027 on the 1st of July. So this is Wednesday night. So this is last night, if you're listening to it today on Thursday. And uh, I apologize ahead of time because I've had a full day. (laughs) I should be climbing in the shower and climbing into bed, maybe picking up a book to read and falling asleep. But the house is quiet. Uh, Gina's still shooting. She's doing her uh, COVID safe production stuff this month, uh, which is really exciting. I can't wait for you guys to see the stuff that she's putting together. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk specifics on it, but she's working with a pretty well-known pop star, pop singer, um, and she's doing a lot of music videos and still work, uh, which is very inspiring to see how quickly she picks things up. I just got to say that I cannot be happier Uh, being with somebody who works in this business. And it's such a strange thing to say because I always thought that it was the wrong thing to do. Um, But uh, being with Gina, having Gina as a partner um, is incredibly inspiring. Uh, And honestly, it's been really good because we both understand uh, the way that this game works. You know, it's this uh, up and down, this very sort of, polarizing reality that we live in as far as being freelancers, as far as being photographers, as far as being filmmakers, Um, just because we're up high and we're up real high, like we get really good news and by the end of the day, we can be really low. Um, And uh, it's nice being with somebody who understands that um, and who understands uh, the value in celebrating the small bits, which is uh, really great. Um, so I can't say enough great things. And like I said, she's kicking ass right now and, uh, shooting some really gorgeous stuff, uh, all on her own. And it's crazy. It's crazy. Cause if you don't know, Gina is a fashion photographer first. So she's been a photographer for years. I've watched her grow as a photographer and surpass me completely, you know? Uh, and I love that. I love being able to give her 
whatever experience I have is almost like a stepping stool. So it's like for your first one, just take all the shit that I know and then make your first one even better, like 10 times better than my first one ever was uh, and have that be your starting point. Um, And I'm always fascinated with that. I'm fascinated to see uh, where her second thing is going to be and what level her second thing is going to be. And when I watch her shoot stuff, because, you know, you try to share things that you understand, you know, like her and I last week were talking about the power of coverage and the power for the edit room, because the big difference between shooting photographs and shooting video um, is that photographs are examined under a microscope. It's one image. Maybe it's a series of images, but you're looking at one image at a time and it's a frozen image. It's a frozen moment in time in which if it's good, Uh, the people viewing it will examine every little detail. How many screws are in that handle? You know, the gradation between uh, the color blue and the color green and where that happens in the contrast. Like people really examine those things. And when I started uh, making that transition from photography into uh, cinematography, I was really kind of bummed out initially because... You spend so much time in Photoshop, you spend so much time really perfecting an image and that image perfection subconsciously becomes your style, right? So whatever it is that you're obsessed with, um, that becomes your style. And then when you transition into uh, video, it's not the same, unless you're spending buku bucks and you have a super high-end color correction suite, it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing as far as like cleaning stuff up. And uh, it took me a long time to realize that unless people are going through on the internet and freeze framing your stuff, they're actually just seeing it as a moment, as like a movement. You know, <clears throat> I don't know if I'm explaining that correctly, but as a as like a, a passage of time. So like if you have a shot, let's say you have a beautiful shot, right? And it's somebody uh, walking to the edge of a cliff and a sun is setting behind them. So they're completely silhouetted. And you go through frame for frame and just make sure that every frame is a painting. Every frame is gorgeous. And I've done that. Where you go through and you make sure that everything is perfect in that thing. Um, And it's 24 frames per second if you're talking about video or or film standards. Um, So it goes by, 24 frames go by in a second. And it goes by so quickly that people don't register those perfections. They don't register that minutia, that, that obsession that you've done over that period of time. They just see it as a cool clip, right? Or a cool take or cool moment or cool scene. And it goes by really quick. So it took me a while to understand that the difference between color grading, at least color grading, uh, still photography, or polishing still photography and polishing video is that for video, you're more polishing moments. You're polishing these moments that flicker on the screen for a moment and then they're gone. And within those moments, what is the peak? What is the peak frame? What is the peak thing that burns that moment in the viewer's memory? And most of the time that, that may not be how it looks visually. That may be how an actor does something. That may be a contrast of movement. 
that may be sound design, may not have anything to do with the visuals. It may be sound design. Um, so it was an interesting lesson that I learned. And so, like I said, with Gina, it's like setting up a stepladder where I'm like, okay, so I know how you design. Cause if you look at her still photography, she is incredibly intense about how she manipulates her work, which is very specific to her, uh, which I'm incredibly proud of because it's a, her very own style. Um, so when she's making this transition into doing music video work, of course, the natural notion is I would like my music videos to have the same level of perfection that my images do. And I'd like to agonize over them as much as I do with my stills. But then you're realizing that, cool, if, if it was going to take you two years to do this music video or a year or six months to do this music video, you could do that. But you have deadlines, you have schedules and production schedules. And, and uh, so it's just impossible. So it was an interesting conversation that her and I had when we were going through and editing some of her test footage for this stuff. And by the way, I can't say enough gushy shit about her because A, she's my lady. But B, like I said, she's the the coolest student to have. And, uh, you know, I'm just so happy to be able to teach her as much as I am. And here's something that's so interesting about teaching people things. And this is something that I've learned over the years. And I've had multiple um, assistants. Um, I've had multiple interns working for me. Um, and there's something very rewarding and very rare about giving somebody advice and seeing them process that advice and put that into action. Now, I'm not saying everything I say is gold, right? <laughs> and if you listen to the show, you know that not everything I say is gold. But I got some experience. And it's, I'm not saying that if you follow my steps to the T that you'll get what I got because half the time I don't know how I got it. And most of the time when I'm giving advice, it's because I'm going back and examining it after it's done and trying to figure out like, how did we get here? We followed what path to get, how did this, you know what I mean? So that's a lot of what my examination of my history has been and my experience is uh, and I often am doing that live, whether it's on this show, like in the moment right now, or if it's when someone's asking for advice. So if someone's like, I'm about to go spend my first day on set, what would you, t what is your advice? You know, and so that that's when I'm retroactively going, okay, when's the last time I had a good time on set? When's the last time I had a dog shit time on set? And let's go back here. How did that happen? Anyway. I'm being very long-winded about this. Um, it's always fascinating to give Gina advice because she literally takes that advice and puts it through her machine, which is like her creative machine, um, and somehow distills it down to the most important element that she needs and then applies it every time. Um, and I love that for two reasons. One, I love to see her succeed. I love to see the work she creates. I'm one of her biggest fans as far as the art is concerned. But then two, it's also fascinating to see my experience being used by like in, as a method, which is interesting because then you're examining how you do things to how someone else does those things, which then alters 
my future experiences because then I'm learning as she learns. It's strange. I don't know I'm on a tirade here, and it, but it's fascinating, right? You never really think about that. <clears throat> I didn't bring my water, so my voice is going to crack. You never really think about that when, when you're giving somebody advice. And we all love to do it, right? We all love, someone will come to us and go, I'm having trouble with my girlfriend. How do you handle this? Or I can't seem to, you know, go to sleep at night. What are your rhythms for going to sleep at night? We love to give advice. Giving advice makes us feel useful. Giving advice makes us feel like what we've collected from our experiences is worth something. Um, and you get, I, I mean, you get a high from it. Look, I don't, I do this out of the goodness of my heart, but there's, a, there's another side of me that's like, I really enjoy this. I enjoy giving advice. I enjoy seeing uh, ideas and theories put into action. More importantly, theories put through someone else's filtration system, which is fascinating. And all this kind of makes sense, not just with our business, not just with filmmaking or photography or acting or being a chef or uh, any sort of apprentice job. This also plays into the world, right? Into how we interact with folks, into how we process what we're going through. And this is an interesting thing, especially now with, you know, COVID and all of our social issues that we're tackling and, and, and cleaning us, you know, the cleaning house that we're doing of society and how we process each other and how we communicate with each other. Um, and everybody's got an opinion on it. You know, hell, I've got opinions on it. But how often do we get to share that opinion with someone that is going to put it to action. How often are we giving our opinions and talking to people that literally are listening to them? I say that word literally a lot, like a fucking teenager, but I mean it there. Like you're listening, not just waiting to give your rebuttal, not just waiting to throw in your two cents. Because you get a high from arguing. You get a high from conversation. That dopamine stuff that we're getting super jacked up with on our phones, that still kicks in when you're having a communication with somebody else. It feels good, right? When you're in a deep conversation with a friend or, or, or even better for some folks with an enemy. It's it's an interesting, fascinating thing. Human communication and why we do it. Why the fuck do I care if you're listening to this show? Why do you care what I have to say? Right? I love that you do. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. You're just examining why. And not for negative reasons. Just understanding understanding when i should give advice understanding when i should listen trying to figure out if you can do both at the same time that's the goal right 
to be able to feed to an idea, to feed to a principle, while watching that principle change in the moments that you're talking about it. Right? That's incredibly difficult. Very hard thing to pull off. It's interesting stuff. And this is all stream of consciousness, if you can't tell. And I am more than happy to sit here and gab for a little bit longer with you guys. But let's get to just a little bit of housekeeping. And the reason why I'm here, I want to let you guys know that we have two new remastered original episodes of In Love With The Process uploaded fresh to our YouTube channel today. Uh, We have episode four and five. Uh, Let's see. Episode four was actually an interesting one. I hung out with my good buddy, Rod Clark. Uh, This was 2017. That's how long ago this was. Uh, I was hanging out with my buddy, Rod Clark, who's a a marketing VP, and we were at NAB, uh, and we were talking about how to go about getting a sponsorship. And I know that a lot of you listening are filmmakers. I know a lot of people out there are like, Mike, how are you sponsored? Like, how did you get sponsored from Puget? How did you get sponsored from these companies? I'm not a part of some sort of advertising uh, company thing. You know what I mean? I, like, I, I, these things exist. Like, if you, have enough, if you have enough views, you can literally team up with a marketing company and they'll find you sponsorships. I go out and find all the sponsors for the show on my own. And uh, in this episode, we talk about that. We talk about when you should get a sponsor, when when it's right to go with a company to be a sponsor, you know, because a lot of us that do the podcast stuff, especially now, get desperate, you know, get desperate with it. And I w- I'll be honest, I'll say it. I think the most desperate one that we have on this show is probably Audible, you know, And I'm pretty torn about Audible. And me talking about this might mean I lose Audible. But I'm torn about it because Audible is Amazon. And it's a great way to get us loot. And I'm not going to do the read. But um, that's the most corporate one that we have. So we talk in, in depth about how to get sponsorships, how to approach companies, how to have a plan to get a company and a sponsorship. Um, and, um, how I think I talk about how I got Puget on there. So, and we have this whole conversation from <laughs> some ridiculous hotel, uh, in, uh, Las Vegas. Cause we were at NEB. So it was valid cause we were there at NEB anyways. Um, and, uh, this is, like I said, this was like 2017. So this is episode four of in love with the process, how to get a sponsor Like I said, it's up on our YouTube channel. Go there right now and subscribe. There's a link below the episode. Go there and subscribe. Check it out. You'll see uh, a lot of really cool loops that I've made out of um, alternative takes from 12KM. Um, So you have something cool to look at. And if you pay attention, they're slightly different in each one of these episodes. I know at a glance, you're like, it's the two guys in 12KM listening to the headphones. They're different takes, there's different actions, there's all sorts of different subtleties in each one. So, a lot of little Easter eggs kicking around. 
I'll try to get into that deeper as we continue to bang out these old episodes. It's kind of like a reboot of the series on YouTube. Because transparently, uh, it's very difficult to get a listening base just with audio podcasts. YouTube is where to go because uh, the algorithms are a little bit more intuitive and uh, people are just lost on there. I do it. I get lost in a hole on YouTube all the time. I end up finding new things because of the suggestions. And the only way that we'll get suggested is if you like certain videos and you like our videos. So go there. <clears throat> Jesus Christ. Go there and like our stuff. Subscribe. Uh, also, episode five of In Love With The Process is up there as well. Let me make sure it just uploaded. It did. Um, this one is how to be a successful photographer. And this was the first time I had Gina on the show. So it makes sense. I was just talking about her. Um, and like I said, this was back in 2017. So this was uh, when she was really, she had just kind of really started pushing the business and really jumping in full time as a photographer in, in the level of success that she's had since then to 2020 is insane. Um, but if you want to track it, go back, listen to episode five, listen to how she was really getting into it then. Um, she is on the show again a year later, and she's on the show again with a new project. And I'm sure I'll have her on the show after she finishes this new one, because I think you guys that are photographers will find it fascinating to track um, the level of uh, progression that she goes through creatively and professionally. One of the things that I can't talk about on her new job is the, like, the caliber of client that she's dealing with and the learning curve. Um, and so hopefully after she finishes this job, I'll get her on the show and we can talk specifics on that. But it's fucking cool. It's really cool. Um, and I just wanted to come on here and tell you guys that it's up there because I know there's no other way you're going to find out. Um, and I'm still, you know what? I still have a fucking beef with Instagram. I still have a fucking beef, man. Literally still getting fucked by the algorithm, right? There are 30 something thousand of you that follow on Instagram and they will only show it on average to about 1500 of you. So if you're listening to the show and you're not seeing the posts, go and do whatever the subscription thing or follow thing uh, that you can do for my account. Let me see as we're talking and as I'm fucking looking for things on Instagram, there's nothing better than that. Um, <clears throat> you could subscribe, you could follow, and you can subscribe to notifications. So if you go to at Mike Petchy, click on the follow button, click on the notifications button, and then you could follow either posts or stories. If you're not seeing my posts, it's because of the goddamn algorithm. And uh, it's kind of crooked the way they do that shit, where like I literally have to pay to advertise to get it seen by more of you who are already asking to see the stuff. It's insanity. I just paid to advertise yesterday's thing. And I don't, it's barely got 500 right now. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. 
So I figured that um, you guys are all listening to this. You guys all subscribe to this. So I figured I'd come on here and let you know there's some cool ass shit going on on inlovewiththeprocess.com and on our Instagram page. Um, let's see what else is going on. Oh, I just ordered. So today was an exciting day because um, we got our renewal from some of our sponsors. Uh, and thank you so much to the sponsors for the show because as I say on every episode, without you, we couldn't make things happen. Well, the exciting stuff is, is I just ordered up all new audio gear. So you, in theory, are going to be hearing my voice change because I'm now using uh, some sexy new microphones <clears throat> and to get real nerdy and technical about it, you guys have been listening to me on this Tascam setup that I've had for about three years now, right? This is what I first bought, Tascam setup, uh, which comes with uh, two microphones, this really cool breakout box, like a four by four breakout box, which allows me to not only fuel up to four microphones into the computer, because I record this whole thing in Audition, so Adobe's Audition, um, but uh, it also allows me to run out four headphones off the same unit. So if you're here local with me, we all get our own monitoring headphones. Now, this was a fast and easy way into the podcast scene. It was very inexpensive to get this gear. It's done very well by me um, for the past three years. But there are these issues. Like the microphone has a lot of background noise, which I may not even clean up so you can hear it. It's a little bit of hiss that's going on in the background. Um, which normally means that Liam has to go through and do noise cancellation. We have to go through this whole process. Um, but I'm looking, or I'm not looking anymore. I just bought today. Thank you to the sponsors. I just bought brand new Shure microphone, uh, brand new um, headphones, because these fucking headphones murder you. I never really thought about that until I started doing podcast stuff, like how uncomfortable headphones can really beat the shit out of your ears. Uh, it's pretty fascinating. And if you look at other podcasters and you look at how they do stuff, especially like Tom and Christina, it's no surprise that they're using in-ear stuff because they do so many fucking podcasts that their ears would just be like sore, absolutely sore from it. My phone is lighting up right now. That's because Elliot Big Top, here's your shout out, big man. He is commenting on everything on Instagram right now. He is... I would call him a super fan. And I know you listen to the show, my friend. And I appreciate all the love that you give us. Oh my God, excuse me. I had fucking Greek tonight. I had good Greek tonight. Woo! Shish kebabs, chicken and beef. Ah, oh, it's kicking me. It's going to be a night of indigestion. Hello, 42 this year. Um, so yeah, very excited. Awesome, brand new audio gear. So the voice will sound a little bit different. Um, and uh, what else did I order? I ordered microphone, headphones. Um, I feel like I got something else that was pretty fucking epic. Oh, I just got, um, I'm not going to plug the company because we're not doing plugs, but I just got uh, a new monitor color calibrator um, so I can calibrate my three wildly different monitors uh, on the edit system. 
because uh, I'm in the process of this week of editing. This is one of the reasons why I'm doing the, this podcast so late, is that I'm editing a piece this week, once again for Dale Strong, um, and I'm going to have to do all the color grading. So I wanted to make sure that uh, my monitors were up to snuff. So I got a brand new color calibrator, and I highly fucking suggest it. Like if you're doing any sort of color correction, you're doing anything on your monitors, you got to get it calibrated. And then do yourself a favor, check your calibrations to your iPhone and to your fucking MacBook Pro because everybody's watching this shit on Apple products right now. And I hate to say it, but they have a pretty shitty color profile. They're all that sRGB. And for those photographers out there who can feel my pain, if you have a high-end monitor, I've got a couple of ASO monitors. If you've got a high-end monitors that actually preview an Adobe um, RGB, which is a color space for those of you who don't know. So these are different color spaces that monitors can actually show color with. And a lot of the standard televisions and standard monitors only show uh, sRGB color, um, which is, believe it or not, pretty desaturated. And the good news is, is that when you're watching something and it, it does have vibrant color, um, you really don't notice the difference because your brain is filling it in. But if, if you sat in the studio with me and you looked at the difference between Adobe RGB and sRGB, you'd go, holy fuck, especially knowing the kind of photography stuff that I do and that Gina does, uh, our colors in Adobe RGB space are just spectacular. And then it's always a, a letdown when you're mastering it out <coughs> for broadcast and uh, you're just like, huh. So that really vibrant orange is uh, more of a rust. No? Okay. All right. But who cares, right? That's insider shit. No one gives a shit. They're like, wow, that orange was vibrant. Oh, yeah, you mean that muted rust? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Once again, going back to what I was talking to Gene about, we scrutinize and agonize over the simplest, smallest detail. And early in our careers, we think that's what defines us. And so, at least for me, I got really pissed off when I couldn't be putting that stuff out the way I wanted to. And it wasn't until much later that I was like, it doesn't need to be that much. It doesn't need, it doesn't need to be a Adobe RGB. People are still going to see this photograph and go, holy shit, the colors are amazing. Because everything they're looking at, every other monitor is sRGB. So make it vibrant for sRGB, you know? Is that sad? Is that sad that we're so nerdy? Is that sad that we're compromising? Is that sad that I've settled for that compromise? Or is that just age? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So what's up with you guys? I didn't realize that the 4th is coming up. 4th is what, Saturday? Friday, Saturday? Saturday, I think. Um, just so happens that this is the week that I decided that I should probably take a week from bar, uh, take a break from barbecuing. On the fucking 4th, Michael. Mm -hmm. You know, all that other time that you spend, you know, smoking yourself. You could have taken a break any of those other times. I mean, I guess it's okay because we're in COVID, so it's not like I'm going to have a bunch of people over and be blowing fireworks all over the place. But still, right? Speaking of which, how are you guys doing? Are you guys staying um, sane? 
we haven't done a COVID episode in a while. Um, there's been some shit going on. Last time uh, we did an episode like this, I told you about that shortcut. If you were having trouble with your unemployment, I finally, I finally got all of my unemployment in one hunk. It all came in. You got to remember to take out taxes for that shit, by the way. They're going to hit us in the fucking face with that later. Um, <clears throat> so definitely do that. But uh, finally came in. <sighs> is it just the, is it just the cyberpunk in me that gets annoyed at the fact that I have to have a fucking Bank of America goddamn card to be able to get my shit out here in California? I don't know if Bank of America covers the whole country for the unemployment stuff because it's not like they write you a check or hand you cash. They deposit this money in an, in an account, in a fucking Bank of America account. Talk about, like, the devil, right? And so you got to deal with these f- wonderful people. And uh, that was me today. I'm sorry, sir. We can't allow you to take out a deposit bigger than that. Okay, says the website. So I call the number. Hi, can I get the money that it has? I've been waiting two months for Uh, You can only take out about a quarter of it every seven days. Great. That's great. But then, see, being so trapped in the technology world, I felt like the asshole after that conversation because she was like, or you can just go to the bank and withdraw it from the bank. Go talk to a teller. (laughs) Right. Human interaction. Right, right, right. Are they still doing that during COVID? Do I put a mask on? Yeah, I do. Put a mask on and then I go in. Yeah, yeah. I can get, oh, right, 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 right. Sorry, I wasted your time. My bad. I got lost in the bullshit that they want us to get lost in. This can only be done online. I'll just do it quickly online. I'll just download the app. When you can still, thank God, it's not dead yet, but we can still interact with humans and actually go in there and go, give me everything. Give me all the money. How about that? How about all the money comes out of this account so that this company doesn't make interest on a government bailout? How about that? Right. Right, right. right. Or so that I could just give it to another giant company in which my credit card companies are. You know what I mean? How about I go from one giant bank to another giant bank and one giant bank that's been shitty to people to another one that's been a little bit less than shitty to people. You know what I mean? All this social warrior stuff that we've been doing lately, maybe we should start looking at the big shit, right? I don't know. I don't want to get too political, but, you know, maybe the big places, maybe the, you know, maybe the shit that when we're all created equal, then we're all going to suddenly turn around and go, yeah, but what about these guys? Oh, my God, these guys have been, oh, they've been doing it the whole time. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. That's the power of foresight, right? The ability that a lot of us don't have, including myself. Because if I did, I wouldn't be talking about this shit right now. How's that? Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, finally got the unemployment. And, uh, um, you know, might actually have some beads and some work, which is good. And when you get to work, you come off the unemployment. When you don't have the work, you are back on the unemployment just for now. I never thought I'd be saying that, but, and it's getting too political, Michael, but 
Uh, there are certain people out there that are like, well, you know, unemployment's bad because people won't go back to work because unemployment. So unemployment's great. And for the first time in a long time, a lot of us are able to pay off shit, like pay off our credit cards. And, and because we're not out spending, spending all the time and our expenses are way the fuck down, like my expenses have been cut over 50% since I've been quarantined. So it's not like I'm making an ass load of money off the government. I'm barely making what I need to make. But because I've cut, I've cut off the head of that capitalist buy me, buy me, buy me monster that we're consistently in. Um, and I'm not exposed to it as much anymore. I'm actually able to fucking pay my shit down. Are you guys feeling the same way? I'm not making ass loads of money here, fellas. I'm just... I'm just getting, you know, the baseline shit here. Same as you. And so when the argument is out there like, well, you know, we should probably cut off unemployment. Well, if you cut off unemployment, we're not like California is about to go into lockdown again. What the fuck? How do we, how do we survive? (laughs) Right? Right? I don't know. It'll work itself out. Right? One assumes. Because if they continue to fuck with the masses, then the masses will just turn on them. We've seen that. So that theory is, is that they'll have to do what they have to do when they have to do it again. In theory, right? Or is that just me being hopeful or ignorant? You know, digging a hole and thrusting my fucking head in it, maybe? I don't know. But, but Jesus Christ, Michael, didn't we talk about not getting political? Yes, we did. My bad. Um, what do we have for time here? About 37. We'll give you a couple more minutes. A couple more minutes of some freebie shit. Uh, what else has been going on? I've been uh, watching a lot of podcasts. Shout out to your mom's house. Shout out to um, Christina's show, uh, where my mom's at. Um, and shout out to Two Bears, because uh, I'm a YMH fan. I love the guys. And being able to hang out with them and shoot stuff with them has only made me a bigger fan. I have nothing but the fucking utmost respect for how they run that podcasting mammoth. You know what I mean? It's really inspiring to watch, Um, especially during the COVID stuff, because it takes a lot to actually sit here uh, with no script and try to entertain you guys. And try to have a conversation, a one-sided conversation, by the way. Uh, unless you guys are going to my Instagram page and sending me feedback, which a lot of you are. Thank you so much. Uh, recently, let me see if I can log in while we're talking about it. Let's do a little bit of shameless um, plugging for our fans. Um, of course, right when I go to do it, my stories have expired. That's nice. Here's one. Hey, Mike, just a note of appreciation for the podcast. I am a hairdresser by trade, but I have been shooting hair all along. I've been shooting video for sponsors of our community, hair brand, bum, 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 bum. Since 2010, the lockdown created a little space in my schedule to level up and learn. Your podcast has been part of that journey. Thanks again. Well, thank you for listening. And thank you for sending these little things. Guys, it it really makes us feel better because you feel like you're not by yourself here. 
You're not just speaking out into the void. And I know that you guys are there because I see the numbers. Um, by the way, I can't wait till I have a great microphone so that I can also look at my phone and still sound good. Uh, let's see. This is another good one. Thank you for your brutal honesty. Heard the podcast you've done. I'm at the crossroads as a DP after 21 years in the business. Thank you for all you do. Thank you. Thank you for sticking with it. And I can't wait to see your work. Um, let's go over to in love with the process pod. Isn't this fascinating content? Uh, let's see here. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. It's a bunch of them. Here's the thing is that I'm doing this so late. Ooh, ooh, ooh. nice, nice. I'm doing this so late that um, a lot of the posts that I did expired. Um, I really appreciate it. I've got a bunch of them from you guys, and you guys have been really great. Oh, big news today. <laughs> I was on um, I was on Twitter, and I'm never on Twitter because I think Twitter's a fucking sewer, but I was on Twitter today uh, just making sure, just checking in to make sure there wasn't some bullshit messages up there. Uh, and I got... I got asked uh, by none other than Mr. Robert Paul Champagne um, if he could follow. Robert Paul Champagne started following me. <laughs> For those of you who listen to your mom's house, you know exactly who I'm talking about. I have no idea. I don't follow this guy. I, I might follow him now, but out of nowhere. I don't know. Maybe he saw the music video. Maybe his producer saw the music video. I don't know. But uh, Wow. Pretty amazing. It's crazy when it starts to come all the way down to to this guy who barely was on. I wasn't even on the show. I was just working with the guys and they're, they're like the fans of YMH. And there are a lot of you that jumped over here. Uh, you guys are crazy. I love you. Uh, you guys are nuts. <laughs> Including Robert Paul Champagne. I guess he listens to the show, maybe. Or his producer listens to the show. If you do, drop me a note. Let me know where that invite comes from. If you are listening to the show, let me know. Surprise the hell out of me today. Fun surprise. Good surprise. Um, also, if you guys haven't done so yet, what did you think? If you did, what did, you, did you like this week's episode? Because the numbers look like you do. And I was so excited uh, to do it for you guys. And myself. Let's be honest about it. Any chance that I could sit around and talk about Mandy and get into it. And here's some interesting little feedback stuff. Uh, so I got to talk to, to Brett Bachman, who is the editor of Mandy, uh, on this week's episode of the podcast. Listen to it if you haven't already. Um, but uh, did a big ad campaign, big promotional campaign for it. And I heard from the man himself, Panos wrote to me. And said that he was very excited about the episode. He thought it was cool. So there you go. I keep trying to get him on the show. We'll see. See if we can crack that one. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Panos Cosmatos directed Mandy. He also directed Beyond the Black Rainbow. Um, curious to see what his next piece is going to be. Uh, he is the truest form of an artist. It's like if... If Dario Argento and David Lynch and Cronenberg had a baby, it'd be Panos. 
Strange looking baby, but it'd be Panos. I love his work. Um, I know a lot of you listening are huge fans of Mandy as well. Um, so it was just cool to even get like, an acknowledgement from him that uh, he knew that the show existed. So thank you, Panos, if you're listening. And dude, get on the fucking show. Let's do it. I know a lot of you are going, fuck, yes, 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 yes. I'm right there with you. Uh, we're going to start to uh, go after some bigger fish if we haven't already. Come on. I mean, look at the season. The season's been pretty great. Um, and uh, we still have a lot of great stuff on the way. And I don't want you guys to think as we start to get larger guests that it's just going to become one of the other droning fucking filmmaker podcasts out there where it seems like everybody sort of exchanges guests. And it's like, oh, great. This guy's on this show next. And uh, the she's on this show again. No, 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 no. I'm still going after the hard ones that I like. I'm still going to go after people that I work with. So um, I promise that the guests will continue to be diverse. To be diverse. Whew, I almost got that out. And uh, if you're like, what are you talking about, diverse, Mike? There's some shit that I wish you, that you had on this show. Why haven't you had this person? Why haven't you had a script supervisor on the show? Why haven't you had a sound mixer on the show? Right? Write to me and bitch. Send me some notes. Uh, on Instagram, at Mike Petchy on Instagram. I think I just heard the horn beeping, so Gina might be coming in to the house right now. And uh, 45 minutes. Okay, this is it. This is a mini episode. This is all I'm doing. Like I said, I wanted to check in. Don't forget, go over and subscribe to us on YouTube. Do it right now. Follow the link below. Subscribe. Like it. Like some videos. Leave some comments, please. Leave some comments under any of our podcasts. And if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, rate the show. It's very simple. Go to the main page on there. So if it's on Apple Podcasts, go to the In Love With The Process main page and scroll all the way down and you'll start to see the reviews. You can leave reviews there. Leave reviews. Leave a review. All right, guys. I love you so much. And I will see you this coming Tuesday.